A uh, little bit about us. So, so me and Gosha, we pastor C3 Yorks, as in Yorkshire. Uh, we couldn't call it Yorkshire. They wouldn't let us. So we just called it Yorks instead, Y-R-K-S. And uh, because we have uh, a location in Leeds, we have a, a ch- sort of a fairly fresh church plant over in York, which is doing, just starting to do really well there as well. And uh, been in Leeds for about 18 years, I think. Uh, I was judging based on the, our son. He, he was one year old when we actually moved up to uh, Leeds. And so uh, been there, yeah, been there for about 18 years, and uh, God's been amazing. It's been a crazy journey. We've all been through crazy journeys these last few years, uh, lots of changes. But yeah, we're just, we're just doing what we can. And so um, a few couple of years ago, we got invited to be part of the sort of C3 exec team. And so a part of our job as well is just helping support and encourage some of the pastors around the place. So it really is a joy and a privilege to come and share with you today. So thanks for having us. And uh, who's, read, who's ready to hear from God? I love this. This is a responsive church as well. I don't, I don't need to do any work here. I'm just going to preach the word. Is that okay? Uh, so Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says this. Uh, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Don't worry. This is going to be a positive message, all right? Uh, don't think uh, we're going to get at you this morning, even though Jesus is kind of getting at the people here. He says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a, on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who, uh, like who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Um, quite a few years ago now, I'm thinking it was probably like 18 years ago, because I'm pretty sure, again, Joel was like six months, our, our oldest son. We've got two children. Joel, who's, uh, ni- how old is he now? 19? About to get married. I've got a 19-year-old who's getting married in February. Uh, that's insane. And uh, we have an uh, almost 15-year-old daughter who's, who's awesome as well. And, uh, but like when Joel was about six months old, I had the, uh, a great opportunity to go with the missions team to Zambia, and we... We went out there just to work for a couple of weeks with local churches and sort of drive out into the uh, very, very rural parts of uh, Zambia. And the base of the operation that we were with the, 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 was right on the sort of the edge of the Zambezi River, just down from Victoria Falls. Anyone ever had the opportunity to go to Victoria Falls? It's just one of the most stunning places in the world. And, uh, and you know, sometimes you can go there and it's like a, it's literally just a trickle of water over the edge. Uh, When we were there, it was in full force. It was just, um, you know, even when we went down to some of the lower areas where you could view uh, the the waterfall. I'm trying to find another word. What is it called? Yeah, it's a waterfall. Uh, It was just, you know, it was just haze. It was just mist. And so... Uh, and so we were just, you know, we were just have, we're doing some sightseeing, we were doing some work with some churches. Uh, we'd been out for a few days traveling around uh, some of the rural parts. And when we got back, we walked into the base and there was this most amazing smell because they'd been cooking this stew for us all day. But it wasn't just any kind of stew. It was elephant stew. And now you can't kill elephants. It's, it's sort of um, against the law in the region, but if one dies by natural causes, they, it is literally free game, you know, and if you get there early enough and quick enough and get a chunk of meat off it, then you can, you know, you can cook it and eat it, and so that's what had happened, and this poor creature had somehow decided to try to cross uh, the river just up from the falls, but the current and the strength of the water was so great that it washed 
a huge elephant over the falls. Even, even more so, it washed it 12 kilometers downriver until it was deposited just quite close to the base, which is why that night we were, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't hanging out with his family. It was feeding us in a stew pot. Oh, poor, poor elephant. Anyway, so sorry if you're, if you're an animal lover. But um, I, I, when I think about it, though, I'm just, it's, I find it slightly unnerving that the water, that the river could be that powerful that it would wash a huge elephant that you would think would be the sure, surest-footed creature on earth, uh, that it would wash that that creature over the falls, and, and even more so, you know, 12 kilometers down, down the river. But that's the kind of powerful force that Jesus is referring to when he talks about, or he shares this parable of the wise and the foolish builders. It's that kind of devastation that can happen to people's lives, to any one of us, if our foundation, if our lives are not established on, on the right stuff. You know, the, the scripture we just shared, uh, as Luke is telling it, is that it's a, whole, it's a whole series of teachings that Jesus is giving to the people. And uh, at this point, you know, it com- coming towards the end of his sort of preaching in this section, he, he shares this parable. If you don't know a parable, it's just simply a story with a meaning. And so he just, he just shares this story that's, that's got some meaning, and it's a pretty straightforward one. He, you know, he starts out, like I already referred to, he starts out saying, why did you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I say. He's referring there to the fact that people, have rec- people recognize Jesus as a rabbi. He was, they, they recognize that he was a, a teacher of, 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 some, of well-renown. And, and, and people were coming from all over the place to, to listen to what he had to say. But for some reason, Jesus is getting the impression people are listening, but they're not, li- they're not listening. You know? Have you ever done that? Maybe you're doing that right now. You're listening, but you're not listening. You know, just check your neighbor, just give them a nudge, make sure they're listen- they are actually listening, you know, because Jesus, Jesus is picking up on the fact that people, you know, are, are following him around, they're listening to what he's saying, but it seems to be going in one ear and out the other. Every parent knows what that feels like when they've asked their children to do the dishwasher. Um, it's still, still a pile. We're, I am really hoping when we go back after this weekend that the house is not a mess, uh, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Jesus is not talking here about daily chores, he's talking about principles for life. He's talking about the, the keys to, to eternity. He's talking about things that, that can, absolute, can absolutely change who we are. You know, this is, the, this is not just anyone. He's not just a rabbi who's talking. This is, this is the, the Lord of heaven and earth. And, and, I, and I wonder, you know, sometimes do we do that? Can we treat Jesus's words? Can we debate over his words? Can we, can we discuss his words, and, and find ourselves going around in so many, you know, just, just picking and choosing what we want him to say to us, what feels mostly, you know, what, what, what feels more culturally relevant today, maybe, and, you know, the Bible's an old book, and all these kind of things, and so Jesus, you know, right here at the beginning, Jesus is speaking to us, and he's saying, look, you call me Lord, Lord, uh, and yet do not do what I say. He's, he's challenging us to be disciples, and he's, 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 you know, have you ever thought about what it really means to be a disciple? You know, to be a disciple of Jesus is so much more than just putting our hand up in a service and saying yes to him. It's so much more than just turning up to church on a Sunday, which is a good thing to do, but to be a, disi- a disciple of Jesus is not just someone who does those things, but it's someone who puts the work in, who, who, who does what's required to 
uh, bring change to their life in order to follow Jesus and to let him be Lord of their life. You know, I, I, love, I love the vision of this church. Uh, I can't remember it completely. Maybe we can get one of those kids out again just to tell us, what was it? Pardon? I won't get chocolate. Oh, it's hoping for a chocolate anyway. Uh, what, just tell me, being intention, intentionally building community. Uh, but then you added something about the Holy Spirit as well, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I love that, 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 that there's an intentionality about the vision of this church, you know, to build community through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because again, we're not just, cre- you know, we're not just creating uh, just a community. It doesn't just stop there, does it? It's not just a community. Anyone can create a community, but we're creating a community that comes around through the power of the Holy Spirit, that, that comes around the gospel, that comes around who Jesus is, that comes around following Jesus, being disciples of Jesus. And so our purpose as a church is not just to get people saved, not just to get people to come and sit in the seats on a Sunday, but it is, you know, that's, that's simply just the beginning of the journey. Our purpose is to help people become disciples, to, to help them encounter Jesus for themselves, to discover his saving grace, to receive forgiveness, to be empowered by the Spirit, and, and to be able to go and to follow him. And, and so in this story, Jesus is leaning into, is speaking to us that for every one of us to lean into, we can, we can all lean into this moment. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, or, or whether you're still maybe at the very beginning of just trying to figure out that journey, Jesus has something to say to every single one of us. And, and so he turns to people and he says, let me, let me paint you a picture. Let, let me explain something to you. Let me, let me paint a picture of what happens when you don't just turn up on a Sunday and, and do the religious thing, but you actually hear what I'm saying and put it into practice. He says these words, that person's like a man building a house who dug down deep, and laid his foundation on the rock. When the flood came and the torrent struck, that house couldn't be shaken. But if you hear me and you do not, do not put my words into practice, then you're like a man who built his house with a foundation. The moment that torrent struck, the house was completely destroyed. Now, like I say, every parable has a meaning, and so you can break every parable down into its uh, different parts. And so if you've never done this before, it's very simple, this story. Uh, we can look at the man. There is, there is a man in this story. Uh, that's the simplest part of this whole parable. That's you and me. We're the man. So Jesus is talking to us. He's talking about our life. And, and then he's talking about a house. He's, and the house in this story is, is the life that we're building. What kind of life are you building? Whether it's your career or your family or, 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 or the actual place in which you live. Um, we're all building something. And, it, and, it also doesn't, and with that, it doesn't matter whether you're wise or foolish. Whether you're wise or foolish, we're all building something. So that's not really the heart of this story because we're, 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 all, we're all doing life in some way or other. We've all got a career that we're building. We've all got a family. And so whether you want a quiet bungalow kind of life or whether you want a towering apartment block in the city kind of life, it, it, it doesn't really matter. We're all going to build different lives. And I love, that's one of the things I love about the church. You know, it's the, the church is a place in which different lives, different ambitions, different priorities, different dreams all come together. The diversity of the church is quite beautiful in some ways. You know, the, so, many different, so many differences, so many backgrounds, so many you know, different things that God is doing with us, so many different gifts that God is doing. But, of course, the key is that we, we're not building it in different places. We're building it on the same foundation. You know, we're building on, the, on, on the, the same foundation that is the rock. And that's, the, you know, one of the key parts of this parable is there's a rock there. And, of course, Jesus is referring to himself. 
You know, Jesus is saying, I am the rock. Psalm 18 verse 2 says, uh, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. You know, Ephesians 2.20, Paul describes Jesus as the chief cornerstone on which God is building his church. And so, you know, this parable is pretty straightforward. The man, that's you and me. The house, that's the, that's the life that you are building. The foundation, that's Jesus the rock. But then there's one more metaphor in this, and, and it's, the, it's the most crucial element of his story, and that's the flood. Now, I did look up the fact that you guys have lots of floods here, so I'm going to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, floods can be quite devastating, and, and, and can the, there can be loss of life, but most of, the, most of our experience in the UK of flooding is the kind of riverbanks breaking flood that, you know, just, just often, just often fills cellars or, um, you know, causes, causes lots of problems and devastation for people, but you rarely see in the UK those kind of floods that are literally washing away houses and cars, and because that's the kind of flood that Jesus is thinking of here. Um, I love to put myself into context. You know, Jesus was talking to a, you know, Middle Eastern context. Now, we might think of the Middle East as very dry and uh, and not having much rain, but that's what makes it worse, because when it does rain, and they still today, they have what they call flash floods. And so when Jesus is talking about a flood here, he's talking about a flash flood. He's talking about that kind of flood that becomes an absolute torrent that comes out of absolutely nowhere uh, with very little warning and with devastating potential. But then, of course, he's not talking about a flash flood because he's talking about those unexpected moments in life that we didn't see coming that sweep over us with devastating potential. And unless we've dug down deep, unless we've laid the foundations on the rock, then we shouldn't be surprised if the house that we're building doesn't stand. Because here's the reality, flash floods happen. Flash floods happen in life, you know, like a pandemic that comes out of nowhere. No one saw that coming. You know, or the loss of a loved one. Uh, or or the, the health scare that was unexpected. Or... or a depression that just suddenly came upon a person, or the loss of a job, the end of a relationship. You know, the, so this parable is not Jesus chiding his followers. He's not, he's not just having a go at people. You, say, you, you, know, you, you come around, you follow me all the time, you don't listen to what I say. You know, that's not what Jesus is trying to achieve here. What Jesus is trying to achieve with the people is he's trying to, he wants them to understand, look, look I am the rock. I am your fortress. I am your deliverer. I, I, I am, if you would just hear the words that I say and put them into practice, then when life does go pear-shaped, when, when the flood comes, when the torrent strikes and you, you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you'll still be standing on the other side. Any, any, old, any boys brigade people here? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. We who have fled to take hold of the hope that is Jesus set before us, may be greatly encouraged that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. For us to follow Jesus is to live the life according uh, to, 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 sorry, to follow Jesus, to live the life according to his way is to know that when those torrents come, when, when the floods hit, our hope is not in a government handout, it's not in the medical treatment, all those, those things will, can help. It, it's not in the latest TikTok sermon uh, or, or, or 
spiffy thing that someone said on social media, our hope is the rock himself. He's the one we have our anch- we've anchored our souls to so that no matter what this life throws at us, we can find our sense of security in him. Our hope is Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, our hope is Jesus. Turn to the other person and say it with, with, with zeal. Our hope is Jesus. Who's grateful their hope is in Jesus? Look, listen, listen. people do not walk away from God. They're washed away. People don't walk away from God. They are washed away. They are washed away by the overwhelming torrent of emotion that is caused when, a, when, when life floods over them unexpectedly. And when fear, when doubt, when disappointment, when offense overwhelms a person, they are... They don't walk away. They're washed away from God if, we, if they haven't chosen where their rock is, if they haven't put their, put their feet down on the right kind of ground because we choose all the wrong kind of things, don't we, to, to put our trust in. We put our trust in people. You know, we, we're, that, that's, you know, we put our security in how other people think about us or what other people might say about us. Or we put our trust in our role. Our security is in the job that we do and, or how useful we feel. Uh, we put our security in our success, in, in knowing that we're accomplishing something worthwhile. The problem with all those things, though, is that we can't control the flood. Uh, and so people let us down. Roles change unexpectedly and success is fleeting. And before we know it, fear and doubt and disappointment have all flooded over us and knocked us off what we thought was a sure footing. And the, and the truth is, the last couple of years, two or three years, it feels like every, you know, everyone's faith has been tested in some way or other. And you could probably look around this room and just think, you know, relationships have changed. You know, there's people who are not here who used to be here. There are people who are now here who didn't used to be here. The roles have changed. In, in, there's been transition. The, the, the old ways of measuring success have changed. You know, we look at life differently today than we did a few years ago. And, and I can only thank God for my own life, just thinking we, the amount of change that we've experienced over the last few years, which is a long story, too long to go into. But, but I'm just grateful that we just dug down deep enough to at least have some firm feet on the rock because our hope is not in people. It's not even in each other. You know, our hope is not in what we do or how well we do it or in how much we might get acknowledged in doing it. Our hope is Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the one relationship that will prevail above everything else. He is the only one who can give us a true sense of purpose and contentment. So look, let me just... I won't take long, just give you three quick practical keys to digging down deep today to make sure your rock, your foundation is Jesus. And it's what Jesus says to them. He makes it very clear when he opens with these words. He says, I will show you what that person is like, what the wise person is like, who comes to me, who hears my words, and puts them into practice. If you want to dig deep, then let me, let me ask you to do a little assessment of how well you're doing in all these three things. Firstly, how well do you approach him? 
If you want to, if you want to dig down deep and have a firm foundation, then we need to learn to, to daily approach Jesus. You know, if we're going to continue that picture that Jesus is the rock, then let me just say, I, I, it feels like sometimes the rock is not in plain sight. You've got to go digging for it. You've got to go digging for it. There's, a, there's, some, there's some loose surface that sometimes needs to be cleared away from our lives. We need, to start to, we need to learn to dig deep and seek him out, to get out our shovel and do the hard work of seeking out the rock. That's why they call prayer and, and uh, you know, reading the Bible and having a Sabbath and uh, all, you know, all these things are, are spiritual disciplines. They don't call them spiritual blessings, if you notice that. They don't call them spiritual joys. They're spiritual disciplines because it takes a bit of hard work. You know, we've got, we've, got to, we've got to build these habits into our lives so that we can seek the presence of Jesus daily. And so, you know, approaching, let me, let me just, just say, I, know, I said I was going to be nice. There's a few little challenges along this way. But, you know, approaching Jesus is not coming to church on a Sunday. If, if, all, if all we do is come to church on a Sunday, and some people don't even do that at weekly, but, you know, it's, it's every now and again. Uh, but if that's all, that's like a foot, that's like a foundation's maybe a foot deep. It, it, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll survive a few knocks. But, it's, but when, the, when the big torrents, when the big things hit, you'll be amazed at how little that foundation is because our relationship with Jesus is not what happens in an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half on a Sunday. It's, it's, it's how much we're digging down in the week. It's the prayer walk that you go on on a Monday. You know, it's the, it's the opening the scriptures that you do on the bus to work. It's wherever you get the opportunity throughout your week, the time that you carve out just to simply press into God. Uh, because when, and when, we, when, we, when we create a daily habit of approaching Jesus, then Jesus will be the first person that you turn to in a time of crisis. When you've got a daily habit of seeking God, then when something comes your way, you're not, you're not stressing, you're not full of anxiety, you're not thinking, what am I going to do? Your first thought is, Jesus, thank you that you are with me through this, and even though I don't know how this is all going to work out, I'm just thankful you're there. Our car broke down last week. We had to hire a car to come here today, and uh, our car broke down last week, and, and uh, we've, we've been paying out to do uh, homeschooling and, and weddings and all that sort of stuff, and you know, it's just like not one more thing, you know, uh, but I have to say I was quite surprised at how calm I was. So we, just, we just pulled up. I called the RSC. They turned up. They got us going again, and uh, I'm, I'm I actually, I'm not freaking out because I've been through so much these last few years. I'm thinking Jesus has been with me every single step of the way. My hope is not in my bank balance. My hope is not in, in, who, you know, in the car. My hope is in Jesus. Amen? So we need to learn to approach him daily. We need to, uh, Jesus said this to his disciples, John 15 verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. If you want to be fruitful, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Verse 7, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. All those things that you've been looking for in people, in your role, or in success are found in Jesus. Your hope is Jesus. Amen? The second thing we need to do is not just approach him, but then we need to accept him. We need to accept his word. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it is easy, but we need to hear his word and accept it. Now, the you know, the, the hearing that Jesus is talking about here is not the hearing 
there were lots of people hearing him. There were lots of people crowding around him. There were lots of people listening to his words. But the, the Greek, if you, uh, if you want to go into that, uh, could be, you could define what he's saying now is giving audience to. And Jesus, so Jesus is saying, the person who has built the, the wise person comes to me and gives audience, actually gives space for my words in their life. You know, I just think in this generation, we are very good at giving audience to the wrong words. Every time you flick through social media, I thought the pads had come on in the background there, but that's not. It's, it's a plane, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking, well, there's some, there's some music in the background. <laughs> that's a plane flying over. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted there. What was I saying? Every generation, we're good, we're good at giving audience to so many voices. Every time we scroll through social media, every time you listen to a podcast, it might be a great podcast. You know, every time you watch the news, every time you even just scan a billboard as you go past, you are giving audience. You are uh, allowing someone else's words to, to enter through the eyes and into your heart. And, so, and, and there's so much of what we hear today is contrary to what Jesus says. And so to approach Jesus, to listen to his voice, it's not enough just to establish our life on the rock, but it's also we need to learn to give audience to his word and accept it as the word of God. That is the biggest challenge for this generation today is to take the word of God and trust it as the word of God. You know, accept it as the word of the one who created us. Accept it as the directive of our king. Accept it as a divine ordinance from the Lord of Lords. And, and so, you know, like Jesus told the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, and I haven't got time to go into it, but he says, you know, let's be like this. Let's be like the seed that falls on the soil that receives the word, and let's something wonderful and beautiful grow up out of it. When we accept Jesus at his word, we allow his word to grow in us and cause our lives to bear abundant fruit. And then the last thing Jesus says we need to approach him, we need to accept him, and finally, we do need to act on it. This is where it kind of lands tricky. Because if I was to do a little bit of a survey this morning, you don't need to put your hands up, I'm going to ask these rhetorically, but, it, but if I was to do a bit of a survey and say, hey, who here who loves coming into the presence of God? I'm pretty sure we'd all have all our hands up. That's why you're here today, you know, because we've got great worship and we love coming into the presence of God and hearing his word. You know, if I was to ask you, who, who, who believes what Jesus says? You know, who he is, believes in the Bible? Who believes it's the word of God? I'm pretty sure, you know, there'll be a lot of hands up. Maybe some of you, might be one or two of you still questioning and still trying to figure things out, which is okay. That's why you're here, to help figure things out. But I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of hands going up. But then there's one ask, there's, if I was going to be really honest, there's one question I could ask that'll probably have us feeling all a little bit uncomfortable in our seats. And it will be this, here who believes that they're putting everything that Jesus tells them into practice. He who believe, you know, who believes that, that you are doing absolutely everything that the Word of God is asking us to do. You know, we could take off the big things. Hopefully there's no murderers uh, or, or, you know, no one's stealing, hopefully, in the room. You never know, um, you know, but then, you know, we, you know, but you kind of work your way down and kind of get a little bit more or less confident, you know, you know, I don't think, hopefully no one's going out of their way to be sinful, you know, we, we recognize we're all a bit of a mess sometimes, and so we do make mistakes, and we all do that and things, and, you know, do, do we turn up and engage in the body of Christ? Yeah, 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 most of the time uh, we're doing that. Do we bring our tithes and offerings every month? We're getting a bit more awkward there. <laughs> 
work on that one. Um, when was the last time you spoke to someone about Jesus who doesn't go to church? You know, I can just get, you know, sometimes it can just get really tricky when we start asking those questions. But church, if we want to build our lives on the rock of Jesus, then we need to learn to start digging down and make sure that our feet are well and truly firm on the rock. And to dig down deep is to approach, it is to accept, but it's also to act. Because if, if there's a point of those three that was Jesus' main point, it's that third one. That's why he turns to the people and he says, you say, Lord, Lord, but you don't go and do what I say. You know, James 1.22 puts it like this. He says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In other words, what he's saying is, is to, to listen to Jesus but then to not do what Jesus asks us to do is like looking at who you really are in a mirror and seeing yourself, seeing you for the first time in, all, in, in the, the person that God has created you to be with all the gifts and the talents and the, the wonders of God that he has put in you. It's like looking into a mirror and seeing all of that and then turning away and forgetting. So much of what Jesus is saying here is about our sense of identity because, because who we become, we, who we follow, we become. Who you follow, you will become like that. And so if we build our lives around the online philosophers, if we build our lives around the, the quirky sayings, if we build our lives around a cultural moment or a cultural movement or, 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 a, or, or a particular line of politics or or, or even around our sense of work and, and roles that we get so much identity, if we build our lives around those things, then those things will become the hope that we, that they'll be the source of our hope. They'll be the foundation on which we choose to rely on. But then when the flood comes, when the torrent strikes, none of those things are there to support and keep your life from breaking apart because the world cannot give you what you are looking for. For only God can, as the psalmist says, the Lord is our rock, my, our fortress, and our deliverer. Come on, church, today, can I encourage you? Your hope is Jesus. Your hope is Jesus. Our hope is Jesus.